What is up, mi gente? It is your boy, Luis Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito, and this episode of Mi Gente Show is titled, Is It Safe to Love Dragons Again? Rosa Parra from Rotten Tomatoes and the Latinx Lens stopped by. She's one of our favorites, and myself and Sofia talked to her about what's going on in the movie review world, and we do dive into House of the Dragon me and Sophia kind of hate watching it because we still butthurt about Game of Thrones. Rosa is not a book reader, so she's cool with the new show. We talk a lot about it. We also delve into other topics, for example, Blonde and Anna de Armas's performance and whether it's exploitative and, you know, the different things that the people are feeling about the movie. Um, then we go into some tabs, some nomnames ways, etc. It is a fun-filled, informative episode. The interview part with Rosa is probably the first 45 minutes, and then me and Sofia riff for about another hour and a half afterwards. Um, this happened a couple of weeks ago, but we are trying to stay a week in the can so that um, we can release an episode every week for you guys. These episodes have been doing awesome. Much love to all of you. Much love to everybody that listens to us on Spotify. I know the Podbean app is blowing up, so thank you, Podbean. Thank you, everybody who listens there. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you rate us as well if you enjoy the content. We're going to keep doing it every week and give you guys some cool interviews with um, a spotlight on responding and reacting to culture and news from a Latinx perspective. Two Latinos and a microphone. Thank you, everybody, that's been listening, and enjoy the pod. Mi gente show live with my beautiful and talented co-host, Miss Sofia Carrillo. That's Sofia underscore, car underscore. How are you doing today? Yeah. Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Let me put you on this side so I can better look at you. In, in, I'm all Halloweened out. Welcome October. Halloweened out. Thank mm-hmm. you. Happy Spooktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we dropped a Halloween-themed episode uh, yesterday morning with Deborah Castaneda about the monsters of Chavez Ravine. So mm-hmm. if you haven't already, go check that out um, by searching for Mijente Show anywhere you get your podcast, or you can check out the Mijente Facebook, the Two and Burrito YouTube, etc. All our channels, you can catch the VOD. Um, so tonight is um, the continuation of Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, and since um, we like to spotlight one creative entrepreneur, somebody that exemplifies the Mijente spirit, uh, we decided to invite one of our favorites back today. She is a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic in her podcast, The Latinx Lens, was one of the inspirations for us doing, um, you know, which does movie reviews from a Latinx perspective, was one of the uh, reasons that I decided that Mijenta show should have, you know, it's basically news and culture from a Latinx perspective. So what is to say? She's one of our favorites. One of our yeah, favorites. She is. So, uh, welcome back to the show, uh, Rosa Parra. Hey, thank you so much. That beautiful intro. And, um, yeah, for, for asking me to come back. I'm all chihuahua out, I guess. Yes. yes. I, yes. I love that in particular. <laughs> yes. Uh, unfortunately, for those that, that missed last week, we won't make her talk about it because then she'll mm. cry. No. <laughs> and we don't want to see Sophia cry face. No. Nope. Uh, but but one of, one of uh, our, the two Amberitos' uh, beloved pets passed away, and she was a chihuahua, which is, makes it more poignant that we have the chihuahua in the mm-hmm. intro music uh, and that you're and you got the dog. So R.I.P. Cookie. R.I.P. Cookie. R.I.P. Yeah. Cookie. Oh, 
you know, dogs, they give us 10, 15 years, and then the last couple of months are horrible. But, you know, you make that trade every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Rosa, thank you for coming on. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for, for inviting me back. As, as always. You always. Know, you're always welcome here. You got carte blanche. You just say, hey, uh, you guys are talking about something I want to talk about, and we'll get after it. All right. So uh, most relevant to people who are, who are joining us, um, Rosa is a Rotten Tomatoes approved critic. She also helped me out uh, because she was also helped us out with the San Diego Latino Film Festival last year. Uh, Rosa, what do you, what do you, what is, what's been keeping you busy in the film world this day? Are you mostly focusing on reviewing, writing? What's, what's, what's the main thing for you right now? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> this is the the season to catch up on everything I missed throughout the year, and it, it, it's tough. <laughs> it's the most it's stressful tough. season for you. Yes, it is the most stressful time of the year, uh, and yeah, it, it's that time where you have to watch these movies and also come at it from a perspective of like okay am i gonna be nominating this for my individual critic associations or groups um awards and then from there you have to think oh my god am i gonna get onto the oscar um uh pool and blah 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 so it's busy (laughs) it's been really busy trying to catch up with with a lot of movies i still have a lot too to catch up on but oh yeah it's that busy time of the year what's the most like what's the most like uh like screeners that have ever you've ever get that of movies that like i know you get screeners of stuff that you might not ever watch right but yeah. what's, the, what's the most like amount that you've had backed up that you're like i absolutely have to watch this movie ah i see uh i don't know huh like a lot like more than 10 or do you usually try to try to not keep as many in the queue yeah i i try to the thing is look at the what's helped me a lot is the fact that i uh i do the sundance film festival at the beginning of the year so a lot of those movies are coming back up right now and they're like oh come watch it i'm like i've already seen it already reviewed it it's all good uh, but something that that I haven't seen yet that's on my queue that I still need to watch that I've been hearing a lot of buzz. Um, I, I think the 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 Woman King is one that that, that continues to to pop up, and and a lot of a lot of emails on that one as well. So it looks like they're doing their campaigning as well. Thank oh uh, yeah thanks for stopping by Mr CCDV House of Dragons is okay to love I don't recommend Rings of Power yeah we'll get into that oh, in a minute okay. and sp- specifically uh, <laughs> about kind of like the PTSD from seasons six seven and eight of Game of Thrones <laughs> and stuff like that um, Women King in in particular is kind of a weird instance because it has all the earmarkings of what you would call like a movie that should be flourishing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and it really came out, but there was, I mean, you're aware of like the kind of backlash that it had, right? Like the sort of like how, well, the, the entire, the theory is that the, the, the warriors that they're, uh, portraying in the film, mm-hmm. if you look at their history, actually fought to preserve slavery in their areas. And they were basically the, the, these governments and these these nations were basically funded by and they got gun they exchanged slaves for guns right. and stuff like that so there's this but you think be, beyond the the backlash to it 
it's it's it, there's enough good buzz about it that you're still excited about seeing it. And I mean, I always want to make my own form my own opinion after I see it. But yeah, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about the performances and and the direction, which obviously has me um, enthusiastic. In terms of the controversy, I have heard a few things here and there. Well, not really heard, but read mm -hmm. uh, about that. And I mean, for me, it's a film, not a documentary. So in that terms, even documentaries have their 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 uh, biases and, and such. So uh, I, I tend to not give much thought to those uh, those type of criticisms. At the end of the day, it's a movie, um, yeah. and it's not going to be a thousand percent accurate. At the end of the day, we we never, to be frank we're never going to know the true story out of anything. <laughs> so, yeah. so to that extent, I'm just like, eh. well, yeah, I, yeah. I think, it, I think it's just interesting how that conversation, because I mean, you have movies like, for example, like Mel Gibson, like the Patriot, which is supposed to be about the revolution in war, but like it has, it has almost zero mm -hmm. semblance in reality. You know right. what I mean? So, so it's mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, yeah, I, I get it. You can, I, I would tend to say that you can enjoy it as a movie without feeling like you're betraying something by going to watch it. It's a movie. You want to see more, you know, black female action heroes. You want to see more movies uh, representing different cultures. Uh, they don't all have to be perfect, right? You know, we always talk about the degree of difficulty for Latino filmmakers and creatives where they have to be perfect every single time where other people are allowed to fail regularly. So, you know, there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with supporting a, a cool film. Um, so besides The Woman King, which you've missed, um, what do you think your favorite films of the year so far have been? I know you post regularly like your top four. What, what's 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 your top right now? Yes, Letterbox. Follow me on Letterbox and you'll know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm apologetically advertising my account. Yeah, you gotta plug your Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I do. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? My favorites haven't changed as much actually. Now that that I'm sitting here looking at the movies, uh, let's see from. The new ones I've seen recently, none of them jumps up to my favorites of the year. I think that that might start changing towards the end of this month and November, December, when your uh, Academy Award friendly movies are the ones that are supposed to be uh, getting nominated and getting all that buzz. Because mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of these movies have been coming out in, in the fall film festivals, which sadly I haven't been able to attend yet. Um, I'll be doing... I'll, aiming to do that AFI one, the American Film Institute, that one that's in November here in Los Angeles. So there I'm looking forward to seeing uh, like Pinocchio from, from Guillermo del Toro and Bardo from Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. Uh, but you know what? My favorites still haven't changed. A lot of uh, movies that came out earlier this year, my favorite still, it's Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes! Uh, it, it's Sorry, I'm excited. Still, yeah, no, no, no. That's my favorite. I that excitement, yes. It, it's just one of those movies that it, it's so memorable and unforgettable in, in general. And and when I mean in general, I mean like all, all aspects of filmmaking, the editing, the acting, the stories, everything. It's just mind boggling. And um, I've seen it a few times when it brought it back to theaters. I'm like, I need to go support this film because it's mm -hmm. easily one of the best movies I've seen in years, to be honest with you, not just 2022. It's easily one of my favorites in, in the past couple of years. I mean, obviously, Top Gun Maverick, it's up there also. Mm -hmm. um, Marcel the Shell. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, this little shell is so adorable. Um, it, it, I, I, I just adore it. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch it since the last time we had you on. You mentioned it, and yeah. oh, I still haven't watched it. I'm sorry, Rose. I've let you down. <laughs> yes, you you need to seek it whenever you get the chance. At least by the end of the year. Okay, um, we'll it's do. just so heartwarming and so heartfelt. It's just a feel good movie. Um, I still have the Batman up there from back in. I think it came out late March. Uh, also, it's still one of my favorites. And the Northman is still up there for me. Yeah, yeah. That that one was still good. Uh, not a our, lot of people are talking about it anymore, though, which kind of scares our, me. Our favorite, uh, our favorite vanilla beaner, uh, <laughs> as we call it, as we call her, <laughs> is is in that. Um, uh, Mr. CCDV says I've not seen Top Gun Maggard. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, Sophia does have some nice jack-o'-lanterns. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Maverick, I agree with. Like uh, Maverick was just sort of an uh, unapologetic, like this genre film. Like there's a bad guy. We're not going to tell you who they are, but you just yeah. gonna, like mm-hmm. there's like for everything from the nondescript enemy to like the mission to the the, the nostalgia. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty. I think it was pretty cool. Uh, everything everywhere all at once. Sophia, what was your favorite? What why did you like it so much? What did, what was your thoughts on it? Um, man, I don't know it. It ranged from everything from like just the the plot, how it has to do with like relation between like a, a relationship between a mother and a daughter, um, and then stuff like the cinematography. Cinematography also like it was one of the films that I was watching, and every single scene I have no idea how they shot. Like a lot of the action sequences and just I have no idea. Like sometimes I watch a film and I'm like, oh okay, I can kind of see how this was shot, or this one, I have no idea. I just have no idea how they did it. Um, I love, I don't know, everything, the story. I like how it has humor, drama, everything. The acting was impeccable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I watched it like three times. I'm obsessed. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I, I, The Northman, I think, would be on my list. Maverick, and uh, I'm not sure. I think, um, what about more like obscure, fair, and like anything like niche that you've seen that's out there that you're mm-hmm. a fan of? Mm-hmm. I just recently, a couple of weeks ago, watched The Outfit. Um, that one, I think it's streaming on Peacock. And it stars uh, Mark Rylands. It, it's one of those period pieces that just not nobody's talking about. I don't think anybody, I've seen anybody uh, talk about this movie. It came out earlier this year. And it, it has, um, what's his face? The one I continue asking for him to be Dylan O'Brien. Dylan (laughs) O'Brien. It also has Johnny Flynn. It's very good. Uh, One of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nobody, I I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it. It, it, It's one of my favorites. When I watched it, I was like, why is nobody talking about this? I I don't understand. (laughs) Um, There's also some documentaries like Aftershock. It's currently streaming on Hulu and that one can be a bit more challenging to sit through since it, it's focusing on uh, women of color and the issues and challenges that they often face um, when giving birth, um, when they go to the hospital and getting medical treatment and how uh, sadly uh, women of color statistically have the higher death rates, um, not only for children, but for mothers, newly mother, um, new mothers. And they, they, they look into that and they follow some of the fathers who sadly had uh, their wives or their girlfriends passed away and 
it gets it gets in there it gets quite quite deep and it's quite effective and powerful and something um that i i personally think a lot of more people should be looking at but again not many people are, are out there uh watching things i i get it it's not gonna be an easy watch but it, i do think it's an important one mm-hmm. it's, it's well, called aftershock aftershock gotcha that was my question yeah. Yes, yeah, so so I mean, as somebody who who loves uh, documentaries, I think. Do you find um, this is an interesting question for you, Rosa? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, if, when you're talking about documentaries that are hard to get through, like, for example, like The Act of Killing, The Look of Violence, you know, Grizzly Men, you know, uh, where we have these either they're 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 retellings of of of, of horrible trauma and stuff like that. Um, but there's also movies like, for example, like City of God or um, other sort of rough movies. Uh, some people can't watch Schindler's List a second time. What are there movies that what are the movies for you that are so good, but that you have a hard time rewatching, whether they're documentaries or features? Yeah, Schindler's List, I've only seen twice. I saw it once when I was in school. I didn't remember most of it. And I watched it. I think it was last year. Um, and yeah, that's a movie I'm never going to watch again. I, I can't sit through that again. So seeing, I get uh, atrocious acts towards other humans is something that's quite challenging, uh, to see specifically if it's, um, based on true events, I guess. So, so I, something like Chandler's List, that's going to be something I'm not going to sit through, but if it has to do like Game of Thrones or anything like that, that's fiction and it's made up and all that, I I can watch people get beheaded like (laughs) like nothing. It's so random. It's so weird. Give me all the red weddings. Yes, please. Give me all the weddings in Westeros and I'm, I'm good with that. Yes. Another uh, another film for me that that uh the P- the pianist um which you know I had not watched it when it came out and then there was controversy you know and then the director and all this stuff and I was like I don't necessarily want to watch it but eventually I watched it and it was brilliant but it's also another one that's hard to watch or hard to imagine yourself watching multiple times mm. um the uh, facing Nolan I didn't I didn't I mean I love baseball but I wasn't a, I wasn't a huge fan I thought it was just very a very eh, very mid doc honestly. And I'm a Nolan Ryan fan. Um, Sophia, any questions so far? Um, well, I kind of speaking of Westeros, I kind of want to wanted to pick Rose's brain on the House of the Dragon. Okay, you want to segue into yeah, Dragon so, Talk? Yeah, I mean, listen, I am not the professional Rosa. You are. So I've been, you know, based on your tweets, I've gotten the hint that you probably are enjoying the show so far. So I want to know, um, what are your thoughts? Do you like it? Yes or no? Thumbs up, thumbs down, Roger Ebert style, and um, and why and why not? I am absolutely loving uh, the House of the Dragon, two pieces, and I, I think it's uh, I miss this world. I'm I'm big on Game of Thrones. I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. I I, I love this world building. I love the 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 dynamics, the familiar dy- dynamics, the political machinations, all of it that comes with it. 
Um, I guess the incest, I guess, as well. Um, <laughs> it's something that I had missed so much from Game of Thrones. And I'm one of the very few people who didn't really have that big of an issue with the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. If anything, uh, they might have even prepared you to the big time jumps in, in, in this movie. In this movie, look at me. Um, in this show. So I, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. I, I literally sit. It, it's it, it's a date. It's a night. It's a date night. Uh, every Sunday at 6 p.m. <laughs> I am home and I watch uh, House of the Dragons. It's it, it's a must, and I, I had missed um, having that that um, that feeling and visiting this world and just just well, let me ask you this, that Rosalie. intro song automatically just transports yeah. How, me to What side of the what side did you fall on? Like the like the season six, seven, eight. Were you satisfied with the way the original series ended? Were you also a book fan? Were you sort of disappointed? What what, mm -hmm. what was your? I mean, because I think that me and Sophia are coming at it a little bit more reluctantly because even though we while we were in while we were in there we were knee deep in the Westeros lore and everything mm -hmm. yeah, but we sort books. of got but we both got a little PTSD uh at like you know because I don't think there's been a series that was so huge that like almost nobody rewatches it now um so where did you to, how easy for you were you disappointed at the end of the original show and how easy was it for you to jump back in then because of that mm -hmm. um was not i wasn't disappointed by it but yet again i'm not a book reader i haven't read any of the books so i guess in that sense i have nothing to compare it to uh in terms of its accuracy or, or anything like that and <laughs> I guess George R. R. Martin still hasn't finished writing the book. So um, in that sense, I think I'm I'm good. I, I I think if you're a book reader, you're more likely to be disappointed by it because it's not necessarily following a lot of it and the books haven't been finished. So I can understand uh, where a lot of the frustration is coming from. Um, I guess I'm a simpleton. And, <laughs> and in that sense, it, it just won me over. I had no issues with, with the last two seasons. In fact, I think... Uh, one of my favorite episodes of the entire show takes place in, in season seven. And it's one of it's the battles, the field battles where the Lannisters meet the Dorothy and they for the first time they ever see a dragon. And it, that battle sequence is just so incredible, so mind boggling. They had a special screening for, for that exact episode. Um, I think it was in one of the Regal theaters here in downtown L.A. And I was like, I need to see this. Because that's what Game of Thrones is. It's such a cinematic show that it, it plays so well in the biggest screen possible. And so, yeah, for me, I didn't have any issues with, with season seven or eight. Um, are they my favorite seasons? Of course not. I think still my favorite season is season six. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I didn't have much issues with it like a lot okay. of people did. Yeah. So I was easily able to go back with okay. <laughs> House of the Dragon. Yeah. Uh, CC uh, says, uh, I'm so glad that I only watched season one back in Iraq in 2011. I have no baggage going into House of Dragons. I mean, it's not to say that that it's not a worthwhile ride to go mm -hmm. on. It's just that I think that they ran out of material. They had to sort of improvise the ending and and then mistakes were made and mm -hmm. you know like i said it's you know i don't think yeah. i don't think it's i don't think it's like how they say that oh they were mad that the pretty white people didn't run out of into the sunset or whatever we just we felt like it was a it felt it was like a shitty ending to a really glorious time in west yeah. Coast. but that being said the uh the new show came out 
and it, there was only so long that we could stay away from it, you know, because <laughs> yes. it was like, is it in Westeros? Check. Are there dragons? Check. Is there incest? Check. Is there backstabbing? Yeah. Also check. Um, <laughs> so eventually we had, so Sophia, how did you feel diving back in? Oh man, I feel so bad. And I know I'm the unpopular opinion, but okay. I loved, liked the first few episodes, but I am now officially hate watching it. I really hate the show. I hate it. I'm sorry, Rosa. I'm mm. so sorry. I passionately dislike it. And it's been a steady decline um, for a lot of reasons. But this last episode we were just watching, the one before that, um, and I watched it with my brother and we were just kind of staring at each other, kind of like, did you hate it as much as I did? And he's like, yeah, that's bad. And we just don't want to watch it anymore. And we agree that we're going to continue. We're going to ride this out until the end of the season. But man, it's one of those shows that I don't think I'm going to pick back up. It's, I, it's, in my opinion, it's really bad. I don't like it. I don't think it's that bad. I don't, and I, and I, and I wanted to kind of, because here's a, here's a reason. Okay. So for all the reasons that, that we stated, I was, I was, I, I, I waited a little bit to jump back into it because, but then when I really thought about it and me and me and Sophia talked about it is like, we, we shouldn't really deny ourselves a good show just because the other show hurt us here. Right. You know, uh, but the, the things that allowed me to get back into it is that the story has already been written. You know, the, the story of the dance of dragons gets mentioned throughout. I think it's, um, uh, Baratheon, right. Uh, when he his his little daughter like she's she's learning the story of the dance of dragons and and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that like it's it's lore, it's it's established canon. The, 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 there is no way to to mess that story up. It, it's it's already part of the history, and every single part of that story has been written. Everything that came before it, everything that came after it has already been written and set in stone. So I think that's the one thing that that allows me to be like I already know where this is ending. You know, because if you know the lore of Westeros or even if you've seen the wiki page about the succession of the kings of Westeros, you can see who ruled from when to where. Um, so so that was kind of the reason why I decided that I would give it a chance to keep going. Um, and um, and that's kind of and I, so I'm enjoying it on that level. Um, I think the sets are really well done. I think the I wish they would have a different song because even though. I know for Rosa, like it pulls you in when you hear that song Sunday at 6 p.m., right? Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah, the nostalgia. yeah, yeah. For some reason, like it just triggers me a little bit when I hear that song. <laughs> yeah, I just like I'm like, it just it all comes. It all just starts rushing back. And I'm just like, oh, no, the prince that yeah. was, you know, the freaking the signs the this, the that all the shit. And um, and so it, it gives me a little. So I, I just it's I'm like uh I, I i'm 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 skipping the intro on this one is what i'm saying what is where are you what it, where are you at now though and are they are caught up what are, what is your opinion officially i am i am officially i am caught up to to everything to the time jump to the last episode i usually watch it usually monday or tuesday mornings you mm -hmm. know uh, but you're, you're rosa's watching it live like tweet live mm -hmm. tweeting it at 6 p.m yeah. team dragon what what side are you on are you are you team Team Dragon or are you Team Greens? <laughs> I mean, both teams have have uh, dragons. Ah, uh, you know what? I 
the, I don't know how, how a lot of the, the audience is, but I'm actually going for Team Green uh, mm. just because I understand in a sense where um, Allison's, I guess, high tower and, and where she's coming from. And, and the fact that um, a, a lot of people are loving Rhaenyra. I don't necessarily love her. I, I just think she's just entitled and, and she just gets to do whatever she wants and uh, faces no consequences whatsoever for what she does. And then on the other hand, you have um, Allison who's doing everything uh, as she's expected to do and yet she's still being uh, treated like this and she's being placed upon as the baddie here in, in the show, which I find to be a little ridiculous. But no, um, I'll team green obviously all the way oh she, my she, god she was, yeah. taking, she was taking one for the team banging old yeah. ass Viserys yeah. <laughs> at least she could do is see her child sit on the throne come yeah. on man so, Sophia if you had to you had to bang some old guy <laughs> <laughs> what for a throne I mean, he looks like a white walker <laughs> no and yeah. then it like a scene with his back all like ah yeah yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah, poor I don't yeah. know. I can see both sides. Um, I'm not, I think the reason why I officially don't like it is because I officially don't care or like any characters. So I don't care what happens. Like when Lenor was like the big reveal at the end, I couldn't care. And I hate myself that I don't care. But Rhaenyra's like, she proved to be a shithead. Allison, I think, is a petty bitch. I think everyone sucks. And not in a fun uh, Jamie Lannister way where it's like, oh, like morally gray area characters. No, they all just kind of suck. They're all petty and whiny and they like make weird moves that don't politically make sense. The writing is off in my book mm. when you compare it to Game of Thrones. But here's the thing. I've learned that um, I have to put different goggles on to, to watch the show because like I'm watching it. If I'm going to compare it to the greatest epic of all time. It's just not fair. The Bible? Right? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's just not fair. I feel like I feel like Game of Thrones was like this huge, you know, epic story where you know it it was it was like the world could have ended. There were White Walkers, there was a prince that was from that was promised, there was like everything, you know, the dragons were just re reborn and all that stuff, and like everything could have gone to shit, and there was an end to it. And then with this story, I feel like we don't know what's going on in the realm. We don't get a lot of like political information. Uh, we don't get a lot of character development in my head, like in my opinion. And it's all about just like, it feels like, I feel like I'm watching the real housewives of Westeros. Do you think it's like, do you think it's like the Hobbit compared to like the, cause the Hobbit is based on like a small passage and they got expanded versus the Lord of the Rings, which is like more longer books. So you think this is like game of Thrones is this, but then this is like this. And then they're like drawing it out or do you think they're rushing through it i think that's interesting um well here's the thing so the the show is based on loosely on the book fire and blood and we know how right how sorry i don't want to spoil anything we know how people die mm -hmm. um and so i think they're they're time jumping so that they get there quicker my thing is i don't know that there's enough meat and potatoes to tell this story. I almost wish they would have gone with a totally different storyline because um, I just feel like I'm watching a reality show when I'm watching this show and I'm not particularly intrigued. I feel like Game of Thrones, the way they did things, it was very like a lot of dialogue and it was like very smart. It, it didn't spoon feed in the audience. It was like 
if you don't pick up on something, then you didn't pay attention. You weren't looking, you know, close enough. With this one, they say the same shit over and over, and they're really spoon feeding us. I feel like, again, I feel like we went from the Real Housewives of Westeros to now the last episode felt like Maury, like they're not the father, and like you know, I don't know. So hmm. yeah, and they even have a Jon Snow. There was a little kid that said, "I don't want it." Right? The last yeah. Episode? What was that one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Rosa, completely yeah. rip apart uh, Sophia's argument, please. <laughs> no, I think I think I, that both, I think I, that both can exist, though. Because here's the thing: I think the reason why I said I can take like the Game of Thrones goggles on is because it's a quite enjoyable show when you don't put it up to the expectations of Game of Thrones. I think that it's yeah. I think that if you're invested in the characters, I'm not unfortunately, but I think if you're invested in the characters, it's a solid watch. It's a really like it's a pretty good show. I just don't think that if you're a book fanatic and you're into the like intricate under under storylines like and it's just not gonna live up to game of thrones as to what it was but i think that all in all it's a good enough show it's a you know it's watchable if you like the characters and it'll it'll grab you but yeah didn't do that for me sadly <laughs> yeah no i understand how the the pace that this show is going how it, it's easy uh not to become invested in these characters i mean it, it with game of thrones you grew up watching Arya stark throughout the seasons throughout the years so at the end like season six seven and eight yes you have this connection this this investment towards her character so so in that case i i i understand i completely understand to me i am invested in it uh because i am always gonna be Maybe, I don't know, maybe psychologically I'm a psycho or something. But seeing the, 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 the just the, everything that, that, that happens in, in Game of Thrones, like for me, like episode one, the moment like we're starting literally like with child labor and, 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 and seeing how all of that happened and then having to see that being juxtaposed with the knights fighting and, and so on and so forth and she's having her fight in the bed trying to give birth while outside we're seeing so it's having those parallels and and having those fights and having the gruesomeness of it all and and so on and so forth it's something that i don't know it it, it fancies me a lot and I'm, it's something that I will, i'll always gravitate towards as long as i know it's fictional and it's not necessarily um but yet again i know a lot of this is based on 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 a historical in terms of like the monarchies and all that good shit. So, mm -hmm. so oh my god, I just cursed. Sorry. Um <laughs> I so, curse a lot. Welcomed in this show. <laughs> so sorry, so sorry. Yeah. Um but you know what? I like it. Um I I love what's going on. I love the fact that in my opinion they are um a, a bit more complex in terms of not uh there's not one single character that's either white or black or any of those type of shades they're all different um shades of gray in my opinion um such so that when you ask me what side am i on i really had to think about it because i genuinely don't know I, both of them have pros both of them have cons and uh, to some extent i don't think the show has um deliberately uh given us enough for me to even choose a side <laughs> mm -hmm. so i when i had to think about it i'm like well i have to go with team green because at the end of the day allison is doing everything by quote unquote following the book following the rule of the books and yet she's still being um talked down upon but yeah and i can also acknowledge that she she can be very bitter and very entitled and and just uh, spread all these 
technically true rumors um, <laughs> about <laughs> the legitimacy of some kids and, and so on and so forth. So I like it. I, I, I love all of this. I love the incest. I love the fighting. I love the backstabbing. <laughs> We're going to clip talking. that. I love the incest. <laughs> I love the incest. I and I, the incest. I just love that. <laughs> I, I am invested. And yeah. surprisingly, when um, we're, we're getting introduced now to the children and, and everything that's going on with them, and even though it's just been a few episodes. There will be more time jumps. Yeah. Yes, 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 they will be. Um, and I, I am interested to see what happens with them. And I think the fact that we are getting more dragons and we are getting more um, uh, time with them, granted, not a lot, I'm assuming because of the budget, but we are getting a little bit more of that relationship between the Targaryens and, and their dragons. And this how for, uh, this is for, for, for Rosa with the green energy vibes. Yeah. Team green. <laughs> I, I, I lost tonight, but we got the biggest dragon in the family. This is another good meme. It says the myth of consensual dragon. I consent. I consent. I don't. <laughs> Isn't there somebody you forgot to ask? Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's a myth. Um, okay, I. What do you guys think about uh, Rhaenyra's kids having brown hair and Alicent's not? Because I. That's one thing I can't. Oh, I can't get over. I get it that it's her the plot. Is strong. I get it that it's to, to you know to move the plot forward so that there's doubts planted. But man, they swear like if you have a brown-haired person, the kids are automatically going to be brown-haired. Targaryen line has been so strong, and it's supposed to be if you have one Targaryen in there, um, it they come out blonde. Alicent is has brown hair, and they all came out blonde. So it's just oh, it's one of those little things that pisses me off. So what do you guys think? Am I alone? Uh, Am I alone in this? Well, I mean, isn't that the whole the seed is strong thing? Because um because that that's that was more the Lannisters, right? Yeah, that was the Lannisters, the Lannisters but the, the But that was but that was again not touching on the Targaryens. Yeah, that was the Baratheons and the Lannisters type of shit. Targaryens have been fucking each other and marrying their sister for so many years. That that's there's that's a powerful or maybe they just they all they all get the same bottle of bleach passed down from generations. <laughs> Did bleach not exist in the medieval times? Come on. Amazing. All right. Here, uh, here's a quick Westeros question. All right. For Sophia and Rosa and for anybody watching, what would your Westeros job be? If you were in Westeros, would you be a maesta? Would you be a princess? Would you be uh, a hua? Would you be a bartender or wench? Would you be the mountain? What would your what would you, what would your Westeros job be, Rosa? You can't review movies. Oh darn! Uh, I can't review. I can't review fights or the drama or anything like that. I mean, you could be like you could review like the the games, like the the fights, the jousts. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I think I have to go with a maester, even though I don't think I've seen a female maester in mm. this show. So I'll first. have to be the first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Sophia? Um. Oh, that's interesting because I would love to be a maester. Um. But realistically, yeah, but Rosa, Rosa called it, and she's an actress. Yeah, I know. Damn, it, you so. beat me. Um, yeah, no, I, I would do something like in the arts. Like I feel like I'd be kind of a gypsy in those times. So I would probably be. It depends. If I was broke, I would be sort of like the per, the actor, the, you know, the actress that, that just kind of is is broke and is there and, and on the side is telling people's future. Maybe I'll be like a, what is that? A psychic? Mm. Maybe something like that. Like and if I was rich. I would probably be like a maid. What is the 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 women? Chambermaid. Like, yeah, chambermaid. Yeah, something like that. 
Mr. CCDV yeah. said that would be the guy that delivers fuel oil to houses and street lamps. All right. Oh. That's a, I, I would what be the it? dragon. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's right there. Like, why wouldn't you just, I would be the dragon. That would be like, no. Louis the dragon, they would call me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry. One more of these. I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. I'm sorry. Just, I love him. <laughs> He's just great. He's just like the town idiot. I love him so much. He's gonna die so hard. I'm so sad. They're all. They're all. Everybody. No, nobody's long for this world. Um, yeah. The yeah. Uh, okay. That was my my Westeros. My West. So either way, Rosa's Rosa is watching it. Well, basically, what this says is Rosa's watching it with an open heart, and oh, Sophia yeah. and I are just much more jaded. Yeah. So then, and then uh, so Rosa, you said earlier that you were the. I said uh, that, that maybe you're a simple. Somebody's a simpleton. I was like, if anything, I'm the simpleton here. Uh, Rosa's a scientist, so he has got a master's degree. I'm just the. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, if anything, y'all ladies are the learned ones. Um, <laughs> all right. So anyway, moving on from Westeros, uh, I did have we did have one other topic that we wanted to touch with on Rosa before we let her go, um, and that is um, blonde. Um, as we've spoken before, um, in my mind, Anna Diarmas can do no wrong ever. And so when they said she was going to be playing uh, Marilyn Monroe, and then they said uh, that James Franco was, was was playing Fidel Castro, I very conveniently got mad at one, but not at the other. Uh, <laughs> and they said, well, the, it's a whole thing. And, you know, we're going into deep, dark places. And I was like, uh-oh. This kind of sounds so. I thought maybe it was gonna be like like the Jackie movie or like the um, the not the 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 British girl um, Harry's mom. What's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diana <clears throat> Princess. Like the Di- like the Diana oh, movie. That one was good. Yes. Yeah, it's like the Diana movie or like Spencer. maybe the, the Jackie movie with Natalie Portman or something like that. And they base it on off this novel. And I guess the consensus was that. Um, that it was very, it was just very exploitative of Anna Diarma. So, I think Rosa had one of the best uh, tweets out there where you she where you said uh, a story about the exploitation of Marilyn Monroe told by exploiting Anna Diarma. Could you expand on that, Rosa? <laughs> oh my God! It took me like seven hours to watch this movie. Um, I couldn't get through it just on on one sitting. I had to watch like an hour by <laughs> an hour at a time, and even then. Um, I, I I did have my my doubts in terms of whether or not I was going to finish the movie. I ended up finishing it um somehow, and yeah, it felt too exploitative. Um, I understand that it's based on on a novel that itself is in a, in a sense fictional or or just um over um it's just written in in such extent that. And to some extent, I understand uh, why not all the blame has to go to the director, although I'm pretty sure they must have been fully aware of, of the origins of the novel itself. And it just felt like, oh, man, there's so many scenes that are memorable for the wrong reasons. And I, I don't understand why and I think that's my main question why why did we need this movie you could have what's the purpose of it and if it is to for Ana de Armas to uh, go out there and and do her own um, 
her own film and, and, and I don't know, maybe campaign for an Oscar nomination or something. Don't get me wrong. Her performance was incredible, but listening to some of her interviews and, and seeing her, um, hearing her and seeing her be a little bit, um, challenge and just listening to her talk about how she had a hard time letting go of this character i am i can't i can't help but think if it's actually her talking about the character or her experience doing the movie in general that that she had a hard time letting go of and 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 that's one of the the things that that i find troubling i i get it i have to separate whatever happens behind the the scenes and, and and so on and so forth but all uh, yeah, it, it, it was a hard movie to sit through. I mean, if we're talking about hard movies, this one I will never see again um, for the very wrong reasons. <laughs> and I think it comes out in a very bad time as well when we're trying to still deal with all the Harvey Weinstein stuff and, and everything that's going on in Hollywood. Um, some may see it as a, uh, a, a way of bringing more awareness to what's going on, and I understand that. But when it when it deals with somebody um, like Marilyn Monroe, who is who was a real person, and 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 it just feels like we're we, we're continuing to exploit her image, and we're doing it by exploiting another Admas, and and I just couldn't. I I complete. I I'm saddened to report that this is my worst movie of the year. Oh yes, accurate. Okay. It could win a Razzie and then also win her an Oscar. Like, would that is would that be unprecedented? I, or, like, maybe not win the Oscar, but at least get her a nomination and also win a Razzie. As much as I love Ana de Armas and everything God. she did here, she don't get me wrong, she was incredible here. Um, I don't think she's gonna get nominated. No, they did not give her the material. Mm -mm. It was so male gazy. I was uncomfortable oh. the whole time. And from the first it's, shot, it's yeah, ridiculous. exactly. Like just the walking and the panning mm -hmm. of the ass. I'm just like, what? It was that necessary? Is that conveying anything? No. Yeah, it, and, the, and it doesn't get better. It only gets worse. It's just like trauma porn. It's yeah, uh, yeah. literally. Mm -hmm. Well. I wish I could disagree because I love Anna <laughs> Diarmas so much, but um, I think obviously they, they gave her the, the the vegan Selena treatment because Marilyn was a little bit thicker uh, with two C's, right? Uh, and then, uh, so <laughs> I think that, and I have a thread that I want to bring up that's kind of it brings the opposite point of view into it because he basically said anybody who doesn't like the movie is just assaulting art which I understand there's art, there's auteurs, there's filmmakers that want to work personally one-on-one -on -one with an actress or an actor. And they want to just basically just, it's all about the moment and the visuals and the, and the mood. So from that perspective, I get what they were trying for. And the movie hits some marks technically in how it mixes color, black and white, how it recreates real life pictures and real life events. So from a filmmaking perspective, as purely from a technical filmmaking's perspective, did an excellent job because some of those some of those scenes of her getting into the limo and then, you know, the slow motion and then all the photographers, everything is in place. It's like a perfect episode of Mad Men, like a perfect recreation of the time. So from a technical aspect, from a visual aspect, it gets there. And it is meant to titillate. It is meant to put her in these in, into these uncomfortable NC-17 situations. It's supposed to be like, you're not supposed to be 
being turned on by this, but look, and, and, and Anna's running around naked the entire movie. It's got all the makings of something that I would love, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work because it's not of this time. It's not the right story to tell it, and it's not the right way to tell it during this time in our life. And so that's kind of the re the, it, it also took me, I, I had to, I, I, it was like a, like a two hour and 40 minute movie. I probably watched 40 minutes at a time over three or four days and then had it on in the background mostly. And I was really interested in the parts with like, how are they going to treat the Joe DiMaggio character and how they treat the JFK character. And they, it just seemed superfluous. It seemed like there's too much of it. And, and, and I understand, and I understand, and I love filmmakers to continue to have the right to make art however they see fit. But it did feel a little exploitative. It felt like it was just too much. Like they 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 needed they they left too much, and and it was incredibly uh, male gazy. Uh, Polly says he loves the male gaze on him. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was. A, it, it it definitely it definitely was like. I mean, thirteen year old boys are gonna love it. <laughs> if they get, they get it on Netflix, but it, for people that are like, if you love cinema and you just if you're at all aware of the of the world we live in, you're just going to cringe when you see it. Mm -hmm. um, Sophia, uh, Rosa, how do you guys feel? Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree with all of you. It's it was it was extremely uncomfortable for me to watch. I'm I only made it halfway, and I just couldn't. Um, I'm going to pick it back up. So, wish me luck. It does not get better. I yeah, Ooh. I don't think I don't think I'm going to change my opinion, but I will try. Gosh darn it. Um, and here's just a little bit about that thread that I that I was mentioning. Uh, basically, it says the indignation and hand wringing over blonde is not actual film criticism. It's outright declaration of war on art. And he basically breaks down. It's not exploitive. It ex it depicts exploitation. Uh, mm -hmm. It ignores impact. You know, it's so it's basically like a detraction from the thesis statement of the novel and the movie uh, victim of a corrupt incinerator machine. It's anti woman. No, you're anti woman. I just think it's fascinating that people take the time to to make these 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 arguments. Um, yeah. I mean, the whole abortion thing of it was very weird. That mm -hmm. whole thing with the baby in the wound, I just thought that was just like, man, you're making some yeah. weird artistic choices here. Um, and then like the whole orgasming, and then it just cuts to a fucking waterfall. Wow, great fucking art. Oh my gosh, it's wow, what a metaphor. This is so creative. It, I was laughable the whole fucking movie. I'm sorry, it was. I was cringing. Like, no, I forgot that part. Listen, death of the artist. As soon as you put your art out there, people can have an opinion, and I think it's trash. I think blonde is trash. Right. Sophia says, Mr. CCDV's tried to watch Batman. Uh, I've stopped trying to watch the Batman. I do wish you luck, though. Thank yeah, good you. Luck. Good luck. Good luck, <laughs> um, uh, Well, Rosa, um, I, I know you're excited about uh, Black... This is... Uh, Black, oops, sorry. Somebody's dogs are being annoying. Uh, <laughs> um, Rosa, besides um, what what one movie, and I and I and I think it's Black Panther, but uh, are you super excited <laughs> to, to see? Because I know you've been. I know this is another tweet that actually uh, Shelly tweeted this out, and I was like, "Oh, that's the homegirl Rosa. She's going to be on the show." And she had, and this has been going viral in terms of like a screenshot because she she shared it on on Instagram, and I thought I was like, "No, this is from Rosa." Um, so. Yeah. Can you expand a little bit on this and 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 uh, kind of just like your thoughts of like the the time we're living in in terms of the representation that you're seeing on screen and and you get to see all of it? Yes, I, I get to see it. I, I think I've been on this mindset ever since. Como se llama? Uh, Robert Rodriguez came out with um, 
we can be heroes which came out like a year or two ago and just to 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 um, explain our, our a little i grew up watching spy kids uh spy kids is it's one of my uh my films that i that i totally love i grew up watching and then uh years later rodriguez does we can be heroes with also pedro pascal um and he has like a little uh, a latina as as the lead who actually has no powers and, and that's her power that she has no superpowers um so the, my kids growing up um watching that and it, i don't know i guess when, when you're a mother and you're like in a very self-reflective mode and just thinking about things and i'm like you know what i i grew up watching spy kids my kids are growing up with um watching uh like we can be heroes and they can see salma hayek as a superhero and tenoch huerta as an anti-hero but también oscar isaac as moon knight and 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 people in star wars which oscar isaac is also in and, and diego luna as well so i know i just selected those those four pictures let randomly get, uh, let me get oscar isaac off the screen before we get you pregnant again rosa <laughs> yes i am due in a couple of weeks <laughs> You're all invited to the baby shower. Can I be madrina, please? Yes. <laughs> Great, thank you. <laughs> so safe to say, are you enjoy are you enjoying Andor as well? You know what? Andor, I've seen the first episode. I'm not big on Star Wars, so I don't think that although I did like um Rogue One, so I feel that um, I'm supposed to be watching <laughs> um, Andor, pero I haven't been keeping up with that one. I'm, I'm very meticulous and very picky when it comes to TV shows because I'm trying to still catch up on movies. Um, pero I'm very selective when it comes to, to TV. So, yeah, I, I've seen, I think, the first two episodes. I don't know how many episodes are out yet. I still have to catch up on it. But what I've seen, I, I have enjoyed. Okay. Well, I know that we. Um, I had said that that uh, that I wanted to talk about, uh, um, but we already spoke about this on actually on Polly's panel uh, about reservation dogs as well as Atlanta. But you said you haven't cat. I always recommend reservation dogs highly, 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 highly. It is a really powerful watch in terms of comedy, but as well as like realism. I think I put um, Reservoir Dogs, Atlanta, and This Fool kind of on like a new tier of shows that are very specific to the ethnicity and the gender and the race of the people, but also is a very universal story. And they're like prime examples of like the types of shows that I hope we see more of moving forward because they're, they're, they're our stories in terms of the people that are telling them directed by their people. And like, it, it was amazing to see that every reservation dogs episode was directed by an indigenous or native person. And and all these things. So I want to see more of that. So definitely um, we will check back in with Rosa, hopefully closer to Oscar time so she can give us her prediction. Yes. And uh, so we can kind of see what's up well, with I actually really quickly want to get her predictions now just to see if they like, you know, can you guess like if you do you have any any guesses Was front runners? what? Yeah. Front runners. What Ooh. do you think are going to be nominated? Well, I, I was talking to Polly uh, earlier, uh, a couple hours ago, we were talking about RRR, um, the Indian movie that sadly wasn't selected uh, as a representative of India, but they're still throwing an FYC campaign and they're they're, they're going for all the other categories. And uh, I think that might ha get a chance in visual effects, best picture and best director. Um, but the thing is, I haven't seen a lot of the movies that are being... Um, 
speculated to to be the front runners uh, i think blonde was one of the one of the movies that was getting a lot of buzz and as soon as it came out it buzz just disappeared that, oh. <laughs> do you think that because like, oh. i think in some years they spread them out but do you think that we're going back to the because uh you know i think maybe with covid and and, and the release strategy over the mm -hmm. last couple of years there was a lot of stuff getting released mid-year do you yeah. think that they're going back to the limited run at the end of the year to, to qualify type situation for a lot of the, the, the projected favorites? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they're definitely going to be doing that now that they, um, the Academy um, has gone back from January 1st to December 31st and, and to be eligible, the eligibility window per se. Um, so I, I, you know what? I do think everything everywhere all at once is going to keep the momentum. It's still going to keep um, going up there. And hopefully it does get some recognition. Uh, I don't know about Top Gun Maverick. I, I'm, I'm being doubtful on that one. It now. made all the money. It doesn't need awards. <laughs> just because, I mean, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever still going to come out. You have... Bardo, you have Pinocchio, the Bardo Guillermo del Toro good. one, not the Disney live action remake, um, which, <laughs> ugh, no manches. Um, uh, what else? The Fablemans from Spielberg, I haven't seen it yet, so I, I can't talk on that. I know The Sun is getting a lot of buzz starring Hugh Jackman, um, which is the follow-up to The Father with Anthony Hopkins. This one's The Sun. Um Gemma's Tar with Kate Blanchett. Uh, it's also getting a lot of us. Again, I haven't seen any of these movies, so I don't how did, know. How uh, did you like uh, Don't Worry, Darling? You know what? Oh, yeah. I was one of the very few who did not mind it. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. The third act is, doesn't necessarily pay off all the buildup and such, but I, I had a good time with it. I, I like what Olivia Wilde did here and, oh, okay. and with the movie. Yeah. I mean, Harry Styles, that meh, but yeah. Florence Pugh, yeah. definitely. She's she's a powerhouse, yeah. so anything yeah. she's in, she's just going to elevate it more. Would it have been better with Shia LaBeouf in it? Oh. Sophia coming in with the, the hard-hitting <laughs> questions at the end here. Yeah. Um... I mean, our in, he's already in our intro. What else does he want? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's only like one or two scenes uh that that require that shia uh, uh like anger kind of performance so, mm -hmm. I, so no i don't think so i don't think it would have been better with it well, all right, uh, everybody, make sure that if you haven't already, you follow at Rosa Reviews. Yeah. At Rosa's Reviews, she's a uh, she kind of approved film reviewer, and she is the co-founder of Latinx Lens. Uh, she contributes to the Daily Chela, etc. HCA critics. Uh, one of the most important up-and-coming Chicana reviewers, reviewing stories of all types, not just Latino stories, but it is important for us to have more representation on all sides, in front of, behind of the camera, and as well as reviewing films in the future. So, Rosa, one of our favorite of always, you're always uh, invited, carte blanche on the show. Yes. Um, so thank you very much for joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again uh, soon. No problem. Thank you so much for the invite uh, and for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to the both of you and keep up the amazing work. You guys you, are Rosa. doing amazing. Likewise, Rosa. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye. That was Rosa Parra. Oh, I love her. Love her.
She's good. She's good. She's good. She's good. She was a chihuahua this whole time. I kept looking at the little box and <laughs> I just felt like I was talking to like the chihuahua thing. Let it out, Sophia. Yeah, you know. Oh gosh, you gotta make it sad. I was I wasn't making it sad, bro. Listen, listen. Listen, listen. Linda. Listen. Listen. I having a dog is 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 beautiful, but it comes with hardships. And like you said, you still got two. Yeah. And you know, the how are they acting actually? No, they're a pain in the ass. Oh my gosh. Have they not, have they been acting weird? Are they looking for? Her? Uh yeah, I mean they stopped now, but yeah, they they they've been. And the thing is, like, they don't like each other, so that's kind of my hardest struggle right now. Is like, you know, Cookie was like the one that kept them in line. She was the peacekeeper. She was a mediator. And she was a mediator, yeah. And this, so they've been fighting a lot. But in the last day, I caught them not cuddling, but sleeping near <laughs> to each other. Yeah, so, they'll, they'll get they'll, they'll get into and then. What uh I know the new one is is younger. How old is how old is this one? Six. She's six, six years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. They're good. They're good girls. All They're right. good girls. Yeah. How okay. are your babies? How are your fur babies? They're all right. They're, we're in the weird segment of the end of summer where there's still some fleas and mm. their medicine is wearing off. So uh, I, I have I hate my uh. I have my, I, my, my bed is, I'll show you, I'll show you. My bed is all covered up with stuff so that they don't jump on it (laughs) (laughs) because I just can't, I can't, I can't stand it. So they're they're not allowed on the bed right now until, until uh, their medicine kicks in or the fleas are all dead for the winter. So yeah. What medicine do you use? Do you use the the, like three month pill? The Yeah. You got to go with the pill. Yeah. Yeah. all, all, All the topical stuff is fucking sucks. Yeah. Same. Same. And uh, I got spoiled the last couple of years. Well, not spoiled. I guess because Tango was my my last dog that had long hair, and the other ones were short haired, so I could see when they had a problem. I could just spray them down; it was done. But now that I have um, also another long haired dog, so that was yeah. He's, every time, yeah, every time I would get the fleas off one of them, he'd get them. So it was a pain in the ass. Anyway, oh, that's sad. Thank you very much for Rosa. R.I.P. Cookie, Sophia's dog. That's okay. Right. Yeah, you know we're okay. we know we're dog people, um, and one of the uh, I think we'll I'll, 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 uh, we're going to be putting together some uh, PSAs about dog ownership. Yes, uh, that I'm going to film because I, I believe that the main one of my main um, concerns or one of my what, what do you call that like uh, uh like you advocate for. Yeah, one of the things that I advocate for is responsible pet ownership and specifically as it pertains to like uh, Latino culture, African-American culture, changing our perspective about what a dog's life means. Because I, I think there's so many great organizations out there that are helping rescue dogs off the street, that are taking dogs out of shelters. There's so many countless organizations that that do the Marley's Mutts, uh, We Save the Puppy, tons of them in San Diego alone across the world that just do this. That's There's so many good people that are, and the reason that these organizations have to, uh, even even if like it's the pits or like the show, uh, the Pitbulls and Parolis, the couple shows like that. Yeah. There's tons of organizations like that. But the reason there's, those organizations have to exist is because people are stupid and they don't <laughs> fix their dogs and they have these ill-conceived uh, concepts 
about what dog ownership is about or or about dogs because dogs are wonderful but if you you let dogs fuck once it's nine puppies you know what i mean Mm -hmm. which means that even if you're a responsible dog owner you make a mistake now you have nine puppies that you have to deal with and the chances of you finding nine responsible families that will spade and neuter their dogs, especially if you have to give them away for free and you can't be picky because you have to get rid of all these dogs, are slim to none. So maybe you get those to three or four people that neuter them, a couple of other don't, and then, you know, out of those nine puppies, two or three of them have 18 or 27 more puppies. Mm-hmm. So it is very critical for us to change our, our how we feel and how we relate to animals and how we and, and, and to get our heads out of our ass, because if you really are an animal lover and you, if you really love your pets and you, if you really love animals, then you have to understand that no matter how many of these organizations exist, still hundreds of dogs, just like your dogs, just like my dogs, get put to sleep every day, every day, because they either get abandoned by families or there's nobody to take care of them, or they're the seventh and eighth puppy out of a litter and they can't find homes for them and they get dropped off on the street or they get dropped off at shelters. So it's uncomfortable to think about, but there's great organizations all over the world that work with these, that that are trying to help, but it is too much for them because the rest of the population, and I think because sometimes in the back of our mind, there's organizations that are helping, there's shelters, there's this, there's that. <clears throat> trust me and i'm not and i'm not blaming the shelters if you had an influx of hundreds of hundreds of dogs every day you have to make tough decisions you don't have space for them nobody's adopting them some dogs gotta go yeah so yeah. so so one of my causes <laughs> one of my causes is and i think that if we make some cool psas um that sort of address the issue that don't talk down to people that that i think it would be a cool project and, and something that would make me feel uh fulfilled yeah, let's do it. I love that idea. So we will be doing it, and uh, I'll try to cut this as a clip so that we can promote it. And then uh, if anybody wants to be involved with that, either as an actor, uh, helping us fund it, providing some f- snacks for the crew, or being a part of it, being an actor, being part of crew, we will be doing this at some point, hopefully uh, before the, maybe during the winter or early spring. I, want, I, d- I definitely want to make some of these. Um, I already have the ideas in my head. I just have to knock out the scripts. But anyway. <clears throat> yeah. You know, we got to be polite on these PSAs, right? We can't just be like, don't be a shit dog owner, you fucking asshole. No, like literally in one of them, I think it's like, like, like a, like a, like a mother and daughter. And she's like, no seas, no seas stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> come on, come on. Stop thinking yeah. like an old idiot or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think they, I think we're, 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 we're definitely have because I think it's just cultural. It's a, it's a lot it's, of it's no, cultural. It, yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm not made out of money y'all. And I adopt, I adopted honey because uh my family from rosarito they just there's street dogs everywhere and they just keep they don't fix them yeah and i was just like i can take one but that's you know that's about it all right let's move on yeah. all right palate cleanser here all right in my mind this is every pair of podcast hosts so which one are you uh i feel like a mike wazowski come on come on come on yeah, I think so. Mike Wazowski. I mean, size-wise, it fits, right? But uh, yeah. so you're, you're like the the nerdy. I'm more like the brute, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Totally. Yeah, I got a quote, t- quote thesis. Me <laughs> and uh, Sophia. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, 
And uh, let's knock Is out it, some tabs over here. Yeah, it's tab time. All right. Yeah, let's knock some out here. Um, all right, this is uh, the overused joke of the month here. I don't feel like we should be make Mexican jokes because people will get upset. What? Not even Juan? Not even Juan. <laughs> mm, okay. But um, but yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. I guess very low, low effort here. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is something that I'll be talking about tomorrow at 9 a.m. on Polystream. Amazon Studios announces Latino community initiatives, including the inaugural Youth Cinema Project Fellowship. Uh, we will talk about this tomorrow on Polystream. But my short answer on this is, yeah, yeah. yeah. At Latino Slant, everybody tune in tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else we got going on here. Um, okay, biggest news item of the week. Um, everybody freaking out about Lizzo. Yeah, I heard something about a flute. <laughs> And twerking. Is that what you are referring yes. to? Yes. Okay. So basically, uh, James Madison, right? If anybody's familiar with his work, uh, yeah. James Madison um, raped his half cousin, um, who was black, I believe. Uh, James Madison raped his half sister, who was a slave, had a son with her, then sold his child into slavery when he was a ten- when he was a teenager. And people are mad at Lizzo. <laughs> so uh, James Madison had a flute, a crystal flute that was given to him as a gift at some point. Again, this is a slave-owning ex-president. And <clears throat> um, they gave it to her um, to play on stage. Here's a clip. Mm-hmm. And that was it. How insane that, was that two moment seconds. is from a historical perspective. Lizzo is playing James Madison's crystal flute. She's the first person to ever play that instrument. James Madison, like all founding fathers, was a complicated person, but he wasn't that complicated, right? He enslaved people. He never freed a single slave in his entire life, even in his death. He was the architect of the three-fifths compromise that allowed the southern slave-owning states, of which he was from, to count enslaved people as three-fifths of a human being, right? He was also the president of the American Colonization Society society that basically said, you know what, black people, even if they are free, are never going to be able to fully integrate into white American society. So let's just ship them off to a new country we founded called Liberia. James Madison's crystal flute. I can't think of a more perfect symbol of the wealth and excess of the enslaving aristocracy that many of our founding fathers were a part of. The fact that that flute is being played by a black woman in DC, the capital of our country that was built on slave labor in front of cheering crowds. Beautiful. Amazing. Yep. And um, so basically, uh, the Library of Commerce um, has a flute vault. Um, They have 173 million objects, so there's many more surprises, blah, blah, blah. Um, And they have, like, different instruments. Um, Mm -hmm. Lizzo is a classically trained musician. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they have a bunch of stuff here about the stuff that they have. But seriously like uh, like people were freaking the fuck out yeah and it's so funny to hear like the perspective from conservatives it's just they they are trying to lash on to latch on to the historical you know like that is a degradation of a historical victim law okay like 
settle down. She is classically trained. She is an artist. All right. And they are focusing on the twerking um, because they are afraid to say the obvious, which is that they're fucking racists. Okay. And that they don't like to see a black woman playing an instrument that is part of history or whatever the fuck they care about. They're just, for me, it's just a, like plain racism, but they're trying to sugarcoat it or cover it up as in like, I don't like that she twerked with the flute. Twas but a jiggle, sir. <laughs> Did you see that? It was two seconds. She didn't even twerk. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, white, you know, and some of the hotter takes, you know, uh, white people freaking out over Lizzo playing the slaver's flute is my favorite Twitter right now. Um, <laughs> they never knew the flute existed, and now it's the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Um, the racists are upset again. Lizzo playing James Madison flute was a form of racial retribution according to the woke left. And I actually have no doubt that this is a part of the reason why the Library of Congress facilitates this spectacle. Um, the racists are mad again. Accurate. Nick Adams. Lizzo isn't talented enough to play music on a $20 Yamaha plastic recorder off Amazon, let alone a crystal flute once owned oh. by James Madison. Oh, the are Biden, you? Sorry. The, the Biden administration is making a mockery of this country. Nick Adams, shut up. Are you are you talented enough? Shut up. Jeez. Oh my god. Um, everyone involved in the decision to allow Lizzo to twerk while playing James Madison flute needs to be deported. I don't care if they're citizens. <laughs> the Library of Congress really took out a 200-year-old flute that belonged to James Madison just so Lizzo could twerk with it. They oh. degrade our history and then call you right. Oh god, they degrade our history. Bro. They're, they're, he's literally saying they degrade our history by saying, you took our slave-owning ex-president's flute and let a black woman play it. How dare thee? Yes, you're racist. You're racist. Oh, uh, she studied classical music in university with a concentration on the flute. Love it. Love yeah. It. And then there's a whole breakdown of the fact that she had a... Um, that it was a very specific flute with a pre-boam style, uh, pitched in D, tapered board, blah, 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 blah. So basically, it is. it wasn't just like it was a regular flute. It was a very specialized type of flute, and she was specifically qualified to play the flute because she was a fucking brilliant musician. Yes. <laughs> Lizzie stopping by. The outrage over this flute is hilarious. What's up? Yes, this is Lizzie. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, no, this was... It's it's they're they're saying the quiet part out loud. They're basically going full on just like I'm racist. Here I am. All of this, like like every single take was dumber than the previous one. It was like, how dare you let the fact black. And, you know, I'm team Lizzo because she's 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 about the she's about the big the big ones, the big girls, big boys and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a ride with her regardless. Uh, So. So, yeah, fuck fuck all that outrage. Seriously. Fuck your outrage. Uh, so uh, the British Bake Off had a Mexican uh, night or a Mexican show, Mexican week. And no. so this is their, their, their Tres Leches cake. No, Lou, they didn't. Yeah, they're doing Of course they're doing it. They're doing uh, Mexican. It has a mustache for the listeners. It has a mustache on it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah it's, a, it's a Tres Leches cake with a mustache. Oh, I know. Well, they also they also did a tiramisu and then uh something thing i'll see if i find that one uh yeah uh so yeah definitely stop freaking out about fucking flutes 
Yeah. <laughs> Period. Period. End of end of tweet. All right. Uh, let's have a little palate cleanser here. Mm-hmm. Uh, French TV show invited people with unusual <coughs>, laughs to sit together. The outcome is brilliant. <laughs> It was just a French TV show that had a bunch of people laughing. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. C, C, DV, I'm the whitest person on this planet. If she plays flute, then she deserves to play a good one. I wish I could play bass good enough to play a historical bass. Yeah, like what if George Washington just had like, uh, just was just slapping the bass. You know what I mean? Slapping the bass. Yeah. Slapping the bass. What if, you know, and then they're like, yeah, you can play the bass. You know, just don't twerk with it. <laughs> Twist but a jiggle. <laughs> don't twerk with it. Uh, Biden administration pulling back a little bit on the loan forgiveness amid. So apparently Republicans are trying to block people getting free money, mm-hmm. bunch of lawsuits. And now they're pulling back a little bit of the proposal of the 20,000 saying that um, they're eliminating people whose debt is held by private companies. So as long as the debt is kept by the government, it's still part of it, but they they are doing it. So a little bit of a pushback, but I think that's just because they are going to try to find a, a workaround around that. Yeah. Um, so are you scared that uh, Dark Brandon is not going to give you your money, Sophia? Um, I don't think so, just because I, I, I'm subscribed to the email newsletter from the student aid, the federal student aid thing. And it seems like it's already happening. Um, so I don't know what the lawsuits are going to do at this point. It seems like, you know, I don't know. The ball's already rolling. So I don't know how much that's going to do. but. Um, I'm not too worried, I don't think. Yeah, I already cashed that check. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm so ready. I subscribe to a newsletter. That's how you know I'm desperate. <laughs> Governor DeSantis gets clowned for wearing white boots. Uh, so intern, Mr. Governor, everybody else is wearing standard shoes. Perhaps we should. I said, give me the fucking white knee highs. <laughs> Why is he wearing knee high boots? Why? I don't know. Maybe he um... was going to go j- jump around. Uh, Jump around the 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 swamplands. Yeah, in white, white, white. Uh, anybody, any, any, anyways, anyways, anyways. Uh, let me see. Moving right along. Uh, M and M's are introducing a new spokes candy, so everybody can freak out about it's purple. Hmm. Hmm. She's bisexual. I'm calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I did. But did you did you hear about the thing that you can do today? And we'll we'll no. do this together. Have you have you done this yet today, uh, Sophia? No, what? All right. So today, for all our listeners, if you Google Velma, Velma, Google, <gasps> Google Velma. Oh my gosh! Ah! Okay. Oh my god! Why? That is so cool. Oh my gosh! Okay, pride flags are raining, y'all. Yes. That's so Velma, so Velma, Velma it. is officially a lesbian. A new Scooby Doo film, uh, 
years after. So basically, there was a scene in a new Scooby Doo thing where she's she's sort of uh, pining over this other character. So they basically said it's canon. It's <gasps> officially Velma is officially a lesbian. Yes, Scooby Doo, Papa. Scooby Doo coming in, coming coming through. Um, so just today, if you Google Velma, that is going to come out. Just so you know. That's amazing. Wait, is this like a show? What Scooby Doo film? Who's Wait, playing a... her? Is Haley Kyoko playing her? Mm, is that like a thing? Well, Haley Kyoko's like, um, yeah, we call her, uh, we call her lesbian Jesus. So <laughs> <laughs> she is our deity. Um, and I and I googled Velma, and it says here played by Linda Cardellini. Obviously, yes, Bay. Um, but it also says Haley. Kate Mikuchi, Gina Rodriguez. No, these are all in old ones. Who's gonna play her? Uh, um, I should have brought this up when, when Rosa was here. All right, so that's that's the we're getting into the game by news uh, segment of the show here. Yeah. Uh, Lena Durnham got attacked by the gays. Lena Denham. Um, uh, Durnham. Durnham. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her her tweet was: When I go, I want my scat. I want my casket to be driven through the New York City Pride Parade. With a plaque that reads, she wasn't for everyone, but she was for us. Who can arrange? Um, so Why? <laughs> she died as she lived in a ploy for attention that was puzzling as it was desperate. Oh, no. <laughs> so so the, the gays were not happy. They're like hard pass. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, she couldn't read the room. Uh, it, it it seems a bit right. It it seems a little like look at yeah, me. Yeah, that's random. Like why? Yeah, I don't necessarily particularly find it offensive. I just I, I find it attention seeking. I don't know. Why would she want that? You're not. I don't mean like. I don't think so. She was. She's not necessarily somebody that you would say like, wow. like you know, Haley Kyoko. I would get it from her totally. She's lesbian Jesus. Get in there and make it about you. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, why would we? Why would anyone want that? Who in a pride parade would be excited for that? Like when, like if you see, like if you see, like when you say Lena Dunham, the first thing I think about is gay ally. Like that's yeah, not totally. that's not the first thing that like comes to my mind. Like, she's a famous gay ally. No, not, no, not even that, close. It doesn't no. come. It doesn't come up. All right. Uh, so this is uh, this is my curse Game of Thrones casting. Okay. Okay. Like if they cast uh, Game of Thrones here. Uh, uh -huh. name Billy Ray Cyrus yeah. as uh, Ned Stark. Khaleesi yeah. is Kim Kardashian. Khaleesi. Let me get Kim Khaleesi. Mm -hmm. Kim Khalifa, nice. Vince Steeler as well. Uh, oh God! If this no. Is, oh, I want to watch this. I would watch this as a, as the as a young wolf. Um, okay, I could see this. Uh, like an older, yeah. like an older Sansa. Yeah, I could see yeah, that. I can see that. I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, great! Yeah, that, 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 definitely. <laughs> ben Affleck. Ben Affleck as as Jamie as the Kingslayer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is that a Jonas brother? I don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah, that's Nick Jonas. Yeah, that's a Jonas brother is John he was Snow. younger. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Cersei Lannister. As a Cersei. 
Michael Sierra as this guy. That's not bad. That's not. I mean, that would have been an interesting casting decision. Yeah, I'd watch yeah. it. It sounds like a comedy. <laughs> it sounds. Right. It does. It sounds like it. Do, it does sound like a comedy, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but next. next. Uh, okay. So British people are trying to trademark Taqueria. But that does stop the colonizer. It is Hispanic Heritage Month, but that does not stop the colonizers from having audacity. A couple hours ago, this user, Poor Princess Kimmy, uploaded this video asking all Latinos for support. So there's this white British-owned Mexican restaurant in London called Taqueria. I don't know why they would name the restaurant just Taqueria. It's like naming your pizza shop Pizzeria and that's it, but to each their own. However, because they decided to just name the restaurant Taqueria, now they're trying to trademark the word Taqueria. Because they feel like the word taqueria now belongs to them. And they're going as far as sending emails to Mexican-owned businesses in the area, letting them know that they cannot use the word taqueria for their businesses because that word belongs to them. And they've even specifically targeted this business, which is owned by a Mexican woman, and they told her she can't use the name taqueria. White British people are trying to tell Mexican business owners that they cannot use the word taqueria because it belongs to them. Please sign this petition to stop their trademark. It is Hispanic Hmm. Interesting. Why? This is giving me. Um, do you remember, like back in the day when uh, the YouTuber React channel was trying to trademark the word React and all reacting content on YouTube? Really? I think it was the Fine Bros. Yeah, they got canceled after that. Um, yeah, because they they started a, like a React trend on YouTube, and then they thought they owned it, so they tried to trademark. It reacting videos they try to trade yeah <laughs> no. like no what yeah yeah that's like um well like i mean it's got to be sort of semi-unique like the guy who trademarked let's get ready to rumble even though you're not allowed to say that he could sue us uh but he trademarked that you know uh mm -hmm. as his trademark there's people that i think they even tried to trademark like in a dream uh, Kim Kardashian tried to trademark kimono. No, really? You're fucking kidding! Oh, me. that's great. That's, am that's that, amazing. That's Speaking of racial appropriation, mm, taqueria, like, kimono. Yes. That, that file that under this week's uh, the caucasity. <laughs> the caucasity. The caucasity. We need to start a segment if this can continue. I mean, we, we've always had the caucasity. Uh, <laughs> The caucasity. Uh, I'm, let me close the rest of these out here and move them to the future weeks tab since they don't seem relevant. Here. I wonder if they're just trying to scare people in the area, like in the UK, as in like, oh, mate, you can't use the word taqueria. That's, oh, that's us, mate. But because they're not coming, surely. Like, they're, like, think about how many taquerias are on TJ alone. Like, you know, they can't trademark it worldwide, right? Right. <sighs> she failed and changed the brand to Skims. Huh. Makes sense. Yeah, no, it's it. Yeah, you can't just trademark like yeah, like if like if like look literally like if there was a a, a an American taco shop that opened up in TJ and was just called Taco Shop, or in San Diego, uh, and and they called it you know tac, you know Taco Shop, I'm like no, you can't just call it Taco Shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not a mm. thing. I don't know. No. I think I don't know how British libel or, or copyright laws call, but. Uh, this is Viserius after every House of Dragon episode. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I will continue to hate watch, okay? It's okay. Yeah, you can continue to hate watch all you want. 
Um, okay, last topic, last last ones here. Um, bros. Okay, we talked about this when the trailer dropped. Um, right. I still haven't watched it. I'm sorry. I know that they're. I know. I know that they didn't get enough support. I have to support it. I will watch it. I promise. Right. Well, Billy Eichner is pissed at you. Um, he seemingly blames homophobia for underwhelming box office. Okay, that's just the world. Okay, basically, um, that's just the world we live in. Unfortunately, even with glowing reviews, great Rotten Tomato scores, and a cinema score, straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just didn't show up for bros. And that's disappointing, but it is what it is. Everyone who isn't a homophobic weirdo should go see bros tonight, and you will have a blast. Excuse me, and it's especially and uniquely powerful to see this particular story on big screen, especially for queer horrors who don't get this opportunity often. Now, um, as somebody who gets kind of to watch a lot of films uh, for the festival, I can tell you that there are a ton of indie films that deal with uh, gay and queer relationships, uh, tons of them, tons of mm-hmm. them. Now, so I think that's one of the issues that people had was him basically saying that this is the only queer movie ever and if you don't go see this movie then that means you're homophobic and you don't support the other thing is uh smile a horror movie opened at the same time and that one did about 30 million so it's the question of because it's a rom-com it's rom-coms aren't doing too well the last rom-com that did okay was the one with um sandra bullock but that was like an adventure rom-com right Mm -hmm. in the middle of the wilderness etc that's the last Uh one yeah, I did, right. and all. Yeah, I did, and also I had Channing Tatum. I'm sorry, but Billy Eichner, Channing Tatum was not in your film. The gays would have showed up. <laughs> they also were burned. They were they. Some people were blaming a line in the trailer where they said straight people had a good run, mm. um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I've been told that movies like this were not made for me. Now I'm really confused. You know, um, I think that. I think that the, the trailer looked incredible. The, the trailer looked funny as hell. And if it's a good story, and if it's a good story about human emotion, then then I think I'm not going to the theater for most romantic comedies, though. Unfortunately, if I'm going to the theater, I'm going for horror. I'm going for Maverick. I'm going uh, for, for something like that. Temple movies, as well as, like, I might mm-hmm. go for... And then, and then right now, older movies. Like, I think it's a thing now that people are seeing, like, older rewatches, stuff like that. Um, you know, right. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, et cetera. Uh, Victor Victoria, you know, stuff like that. But I think that in terms of a modern rom-com, it, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess, Sophia, do, do you owe it? Do you feel disappointed as a gay? Have, have, uh-huh. you, do you, have you heard any buzz about it? Um, you know, um, what are your thoughts kind of like on, on how it performed and what role, you know, the, the culture plays in it? It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say just because it, it's, it's sort of aligned with like any film that has to do with any community, right? As uh, they're, they're obviously marketing it as like, it's not only for gay people. So like Mr. CCTV, like obviously just because there's gay characters in it doesn't mean it's a gay movie and is only for gay people. And I think that that's probably what he was trying to convey it's like hey straight people like don't be afraid you guys can fucking also watch it it's totally fine but i do think that it's it's kind of aligned with latino films sometimes not thriving in the mainstream market right or like when it's a movie that has um very outwardly uh 
ties to a community. I feel like uh, other communities kind of feel maybe uncomfortable in watching it. And that's just the sad reality of where we're at because not everyone is going to be super inclusive and not everyone's going to run to the theaters to watch a film that necessarily maybe they don't feel represented in. And so I do think that straight people sometimes can look at gay movies and then they're the gay movie, you know, and put them into the side. Like they don't, they don't even consider it. Um, whereas white men films, like that's been the protagonist throughout our lives. Right. So me as a Latina woman, Latina queer woman, I see a film with a white dude, as a protagonist, and I have no issue watching it because that's those are the lens that I have been, you know, like I've, I've grown up watching movies through, unfortunately. So I feel very comfortable with that, even though it's not my lens. Um, vice versa, though, a white man, do you think that they would feel comfortable watching a movie that is led by a gay man or a Latina queer woman? I think that they would probably be like, nah, it's not about me. It's, it's not for me, you know? So I think that there's an imbalance whether that's homophobia, I don't know that it's so much homophobia as it is just how much we've all as a society been ingrained with the the white man protagonist protagonist lens, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to like I don't think it's homophobic. I just feel like. Well, do you think it's like culture within culture? Because obviously mm -hmm. the queer culture is a queer culture, but the people <clears throat> that are the least oppressed in queer culture are white males and white lesbians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you got to also think of the, about, about the percentage in society that is, you know, gay versus heterosexual. And then even within the community, like lesbians sure aren't lining up to watch this film. So it's kind of like, you know, it's an uphill battle already. And I think that Billy Eigner was probably disappointed because this film, if any gay film is going, um, uh, gay focused film is going to get to the mainstream it was probably this one they did great marketing um but so i think they probably expected that it would hit with straight audiences or that they would have more support and the fact that it didn't is probably like just pissed him off but i i don't know that i necessarily agree with him immediately screaming homophobia um mm. i think that it's a greater I don't know. It's a greater disease that we've all unfortunately grown up in. And that's that like if people don't feel uncomfortable sometimes watching films that don't partake, pertain to them. And what we have to do is undo that construct. Right. Because who's to say that you wouldn't enjoy it. Right. Who's no. to say that a straight white man wouldn't enjoy watching this film. It's probably really funny. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like Smile, for example, is just a generic fucking scary movie. So I think that more people, you know, in the mainstream are probably more comfortable watching that film. Unfortunately, that's just the reality that we live in. Yeah, I think if um, you're gonna if you're gonna go out, if you're gonna do the proverbial get a babysitter, leave mm -hmm. the house, park date night, yeah. Thing that I think that that you want a sure thing, and I and I think that that if you're sitting on the couch and it's like a Wednesday night and it's watch a movie and it's like oh this just came out on on Peacock and you're a fairly evolved person. I think you'll it would great. And another thing that I saw is a lot of movies have been doing split, like they they they're they're on Peacock or they're on Netflix or they're on whatever and in theaters at the same time, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which increases word of mouth, which increases people saying, Oh, you know, hey, fuck it, I'll go watch that on the screen. Or I saw it, I heard some people talking about it. Let's 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 go with that. Uh, <clears throat> so I think that they banked on it being it had a semi-marketable star, well known in his own community 
and they had like director from like 40 year old virgin or they had a bunch of people from like a bunch of other rom-coms and stuff that were involved so i thought that they i thought they thought they could just print money with it i thought they were just like yeah, yeah this is gonna be woke and this is gonna be the thing. i mean i don't say woke i gonna say it's like oh this is gonna be like the correct movie to go see right yeah yeah yeah, you but it, it doesn't sit right for me to yeah. for him to immediately scream homophobia because I'm yeah. like, bro, that that's how the word becomes obsolete is when you start, you know, just randomly throwing it out. Like just because your movie didn't make enough money, maybe we can look at the the more macro level issues as opposed to just like targeting straight people and blaming them. Like I don't know, that also doesn't sit right with me. But you know, no, absolutely, I understand. I just thought it was in. I thought it was interesting. I think. I think. Yeah, just saying that it's homophobic and that it's because it's and anybody that doesn't go see it as a homophobe is is wrong. I would love to see it. I just don't think that <clears throat> that I have to or that I should make feel funny for not going to see it. I try to be an ally, but I I prom- we promoted the 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 we watched the the trailer when it came out. Right, we we, we reacted mm-hmm. to the trailer at, at on a show and we were like excited about it. And I said at the time, like, if all the gays don't go to see this, what's what are, what's you know what's going to be the reason? And I think it's it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's the release schedule. It's spending money. It's what it was up against. It's the fact that it didn't go on streaming at the same time, and also that maybe you know one of the tweets was like, maybe people are tired of white twink stories, <laughs> you know. <or> like maybe- <laughs> <clears throat> even though I think that the movie does a good job of, of addressing that. And I've seen some people that have gone to see it and everybody that I know personally that has gone to see it has liked it. Mm, so, yeah. so, so I don't think that it's, it's a thing and I'm down, to, I'm down to watch it. Yeah. I and mean, I'm still going to watch it. I'm just not rushing the theaters. Like I have a full-time job guys. Hopefully <laughs> and as uh, uh, you know, uh, if we learned anything from having Rosa on is that she goes on about films that I say I'm going to watch and I then don't. So I think I'm just very bad at watching movies. I, takes me forever i have a long list after this yeah i mean we all got a list uh for the love of everything holy i'm a conservative christian i still watch shows that are lgbt yeah yes and i and and listen we were talking earlier and i and i will say this and we'll talk a little bit about it uh, on future shows but i can't recommend reservation dogs or atlanta enough i know that i always say that i have the list of shows that i that i watch and my list of shows included like Cobra Kai, which I haven't watched, um, Severance, a bunch of other shows that I haven't watched that I know I'm going to like. And every time I pick a show and I was right, all right, I'm going to watch a show. And every time I think I'm going to pick Cobra Kai, but I picked the boys and I love the boys. And then I picked uh, something else. And now I watched Atlanta, caught up on it. It's incredible. I'm not African-American, but I love the story and I can relate to it because it's got human emotion. It's a great show. And then I watched Reservation Dogs. And even though, um, you know, I'm partially indigenous from my Colombian side, um, like I'm not Native American and it is such an incredibly well-constructed show about um, about trauma and about family and friendships. And and um, and it is really, really well made and it is really, really well told by native filmmakers and actors and um and it has nothing to do with me it has nothing to do with me from a specific standpoint of the the people that are depicted but still i connected with it in so many ways so regardless of your subject i think the the language of film and storytelling is universal 
So if you can tell stories well and, and you can make people connect to them in human ways, then 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 it's mm-hmm. definitely there. Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely it's about empathy and it's about being together, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I have a, a four. We have four. No, not as ways. Gotcha. All right. We're wrapping up here leaving enough time for our anonymous ways. The last tab that we had here are, do you know of any other bisexual people throughout history who should have more visibility? Sophia? Um, Jesus, why am I blanking? More visibility? Uh, mm. Sor Juana Inez de la Cruz? Wait, no, she was just lesbian, wasn't she? Um, well, it's it was, I think I had this up for last week because it was by visibility. And for some reason, you always are not here on that day. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I also and I also don't know the days like when people are like oh today's like dog like you know dog day or like boyfriend day or my dog day pizza day I don't know I don't know the days okay when is by visibility day that was a week ago all right uh, <laughs> I'm gonna nine, put it in my calendar now <laughs> these are nine famous faces from history all right so uh Ma Rainey uh nicknamed the mother of blues she was equally uh-huh. as open in her lyrics about her love for women most facially and prove it on me blues yeah her uh, her lyrics are filthy <clears throat> i was listening to them a few weeks ago it was great uh giacomo casanova uh he was uh while his name is infamous with seducing uh synonymous with seducing women he was also recorded sleeping with men on several occasions yes he was marlena Dietrich from the early golden age of hollywood um she was the first lead actress to kiss a woman in the 1930 film monaco and was known through her ear for androgyny mm-hmm. Hans Christian Andersen, the Danish author, um, The Little yeah. Mermaid, The Ugly Duckling. Uh, he wrote in his diary about his attraction to both men and women. Frida. That one, come on. We all know that one's a classic. We know Frida. You yeah. Know. She, you know, we all know her. Uh, Alec Guinness, um, actor, Josephine Baker, 1906-1975, Black Broadway show. Um, Lord Byron, uh, English yeah. poet. Yes, yes. He was a freak. Oh my gosh. I just watched a little documentary about him. Yeah. Anyway. Really nice. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wait, she was? How do we know? What? She'd be, uh, Roosevelt changed the role of First Lady. Um, There was, I think, um, I don't know. I don't know if it was ever officially confirmed through diaries or anything, but there was always Mm. the the, rumors about her. Gotcha. Senator Kristen Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> she's yep. like a she's a bi non ally, I guess. Uh, yeah. She's a self hating bisexual. Uh, uh, Tallulah Bankhead. Tallulah Bankhead. Yeah, an mm. absolute. Yeah. Okay. okay. I thought I would bring some of these up for you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes, with the bi visibility. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna tag you in this uh, uh, in this thread so that you have no. Excuse, Sophia. Yeah, just at me. (laughs) To not next year. Uh, A couple of palate cleansers, and then we'll get on to Nonama's way. Uh, Alrighty. This this guy is uh, this guy. This guy made a poor choice. All right. Let's see. Oh no. Ah, there's no way this is real. 
<laughs> Lou, Lou, the camera's sitting right there. There's no way this is real. I'm sorry. Isn't that like a security camera? I know. Oh. I, 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 <laughs> she's like, why are you so... Oh, you thought I was going to burn the hole down? All right. Uh, would you Would you do something similar, though? If you had kids, theoretically, like... Have, yeah, know? it depends on who's cooking. Mm-hmm. And what they're cooking. <clears throat> All right. What are you looking for in a partner? They just have to be Nine. conservative. Definitely someone that wants to have kids. I like an independent man. Personally, I like the alpha male vibe. Somebody who's going to really be in tune with how to minimize my reproductive rights. I want yeah. a man who really loves his family. Definitely someone whose faith is important to them. For me, it's someone who actually wants to meet my parents. Why do you want to date a conservative? Sophia? Um, I love, you know, just not having rights and having to cook for, for me, someone. At least I know that we're going to start off with some shared values. Well, the conservative yeah. men I've dated at least know how to treat me like a woman. In my personal experience, conservative guys have better manners. I like that they understand their role in the relationship as a man. I just prefer my men to be masculine. And what's the biggest red flag when it comes to dating? A Democrat. <laughs> No, no Democrats. Democrats. A Democrat. Well, good thing, ladies. I'm a, I'm a socialist leftist, so. Can't be a Democrat. A Democrat. That's easy. A Democrat. No Democrats. So no. <laughs> Find the right match. Download the right stuff today. There really is someone for everyone, right? Ugh. So apparently, it's mostly dudes that are signing up. So... So people are mad because it's not, they're not matching. Oh, so the, they had to do a promo with like all girls to. Uh... Yeah. And well, they should do something to like, I don't know, you know, promote to women, right? Because this is all promoting to males and you already have enough males. Should I get on there? Oh my God. I'm going to. No, social, social. I think you have to be invited, but I'm pretty sure if you're a woman, they'll let you. Sign I'm going to get on there and trigger all of these conservatives. Oh my God. Mm. It'll be good content for the show. Oh, should I? Yeah, we should do a segment. I'm down. All right. All right, guys. We've gotten through the tabs. Now it's time for... Four? Now it's time for... No Namas Way. No Namas Way. No Namas. My favorite part of the show. Let's do it. All right. Uh, All right. Here it goes. First question comes to us from... Um, okay. I think I changed the order. Should we, I think we should say the name at the end, like signed, right? That makes more sense to do it that way. I know Mr. CCDV, but I I think you're more accepting. Yeah. Oh, he just said, wait, I'm a conservative. (laughs) No, I mean, if you can hang with us, then then obviously you have good taste. So don't don't worry about it. I think, I I mean, listen, man, I, I have a lot of places where my life where I'm, where I'm, conservative yeah uh, i have conservative friends as well and i'm just like there's there's differences you know the extremist and also there's there's views that i have that are conservative but i will still but i will still be on the side of the freedom for people to have it because i know it's not all about myself so i mean i think it's completely man we're not a monolith no matter who we are so it's not a big deal you know thank you for hanging obviously and and for participating in the show today absolutely all right here's our first question my cousin 35 just came home after being locked up for two years and then spending three months at a halfway house. Okay. He moved back in with his 
Let me put this over here so I can look at the camera a little bit more. He moved back in with his old lady, who is not actually old yet, 27. They have one kid together and three kids between them. Okay. A while back, while he was inside, I tried to tell him that she was having dudes over at the house and that I had seen her making out with somebody he knew. At the time, he told me not to give her a hard time because of the prison clause and to leave it alone. I did, and I am not proud to say I went over to visit her once or twice after that since he said technically he was cool with it. Uh, oh. oh, now he has been home for a few weeks and they have been arguing and he asked me to give him a list of everyone I saw with her or that I saw over there. <laughs> no. I ignored him, but he wants to meet up soon and talk. So now I'm wondering if she might have told him about our indiscretion. Should I just say he should I just say he already asked me not to tell, so I'm not going to. Or should I give him a list and omit a few key names? Help. Signed. Cousins. Lady fucker. Run away. I would just just move. Is he. What did he do to get into prison? First of all. (laughs) I'm Um, sorry. Yeah, that would be the. Yeah, I need that. That would be the follow up question, right? What was he in prison? Was it a violent crime? Is your. Yeah. Is he a violent guy? Because if so, just move. Um. (laughs) <clears throat> I mean, the if you're if if he's your cousin and you're going to continue to have a relationship with him, the only correct thing to do is to om- omit names. Okay. Yes, I was about yeah. to say. Are you? Are you? I thought you were going to be like, no, John, John Snow with it. No, you omit names, and you also can't say you told me not to tell you, so I'm not gonna, because I feel like that's a little sus. I feel like you would have to throw a couple under the bus and then just not say your name. <clears throat> that point i don't know i feel terrible uh from uh okay so if he and people that don't know the prison clause is basically an unwritten rule in 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 prison culture gang culture etc that there's an understanding if you have a relationship an old lady uh whatever that if you get locked up and you do some time that she's allowed to have some fun while you're on the inside right mm-hmm. it's you know and it te- doesn't technically cause count as cheating because you were locked up so mm-hmm. right she has to meet her yeah. needs yeah and he was in the and he and the cousin was in the frame of mind while he was locked up because he tried to give him some dirt but meanwhile if he's locked up he can't do anything about it you know what i'm saying so probably for while he was inside for his own mental well-being he's like just it, i don't want to hear about it right because mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to be like the drama from prison guy calling your girlfriend, arguing with her, like who was over at the house. Although yeah, I'm sure you, there's because you need that support. So he probably was just like, I'm not even gonna touch the subject until I get out. She's taking care of my kid, like, right? Yeah. Like, like what what's what's what what can I do from here? So you tried to do the right thing at the beginning, then he's in the right frame of mind and he's like, Ah, oh, it's it's prison clause, let her go. Then, then you did the wrong thing. Then you did the wrong thing, and you're like, "I guess it's open season on my cousin's girlfriend." And you you went over there too, more than once, and maybe you saw somebody going in while you were coming out, or something like that. Like I don't know how I don't know how much traffic was going through there, but now. They're arguing, and you fucked up because you 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 said it in the first place. 
What's the advice though? What's your solution, Lou? I'm trying to look, I'm trying to look at the different <laughs> angles. You know, I try to look at the different angles. Yeah. Um, you give them some names of people that have like died or like, or like, look, look, you look at, you look at the COVID death list and you find some gangster names and you're like, I saw Joe Smith or something like that. Like, like, honestly, like you got to give up some names, maybe pick some people that you don't like. Now here's the key. You have to make sure you pick people that don't know that you got in there. That's the mm -hmm. only thing that's, that's the only piece of hardcore advice I have. Mm -hmm. Any name that you have, can't have anything can't have any knowledge of you being over there so i was so saying like so if you have an eskimo brother in the situation you know and you were both mm -hmm. fishing from the same pond then that person can't be on the list because then they could very easily will be like yeah you know why he knows it's because he was in there too uh yeah you yeah you are screwed regardless yeah i mean you're pretty much you're pretty much shit out of luck you're you're screwed mm -hmm. um you know so like sophia said consider moving <laughs> or maybe consider getting yourself locked up <laughs> for yeah. a few months on a small charge to escape you can do a little two-month bid can't you get out of there um yeah no that's a tough one you fucked up yeah. already you fucked yeah. up when you fucked his, it's when hard fucked. when the deed is done i'm like ah oh, yeah it's just damage control at this point i don't know listen you're gonna be doing a lot of this but you said it was prison clause, dog. Yeah. You're gonna be doing a lot of, yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So maybe take like a boxing class or something. I don't know. I mean, you know, man, if you had the the balls to to go in there and you're gonna you're gonna try to claim prison clause, then you're gonna you're gonna have to fight it out some point. So yeah, if you're gonna go the shady route, just make up some names that are like benign people that are locked up somewhere else or something, or just you know something and you're gonna be like no maybe i i don't know i just saw some people over there but nothing was happening and then i think i saw her at a bar but it could have been this other chick because then you know her her she had her hair the same or something like that that's kind of the only way and then you're gonna have to probably throw somebody under the bus yeah agreed agreed all right yeah so best right. of luck to you cousin fucker good luck good luck cousin fucker <laughs> all right next one comes to us from now it's time for no namas way no namas way no namas <laughs> how can i convince my boyfriend to do a couple's costume this year we've been together for three years and his idea of a costume was emptying out a bud 18 pack placing the cardboard box over his head and calling himself bud man I got invited to a pretty upscale party through my job this year, and he owes me. But I know when I bring it up, he's going to bitch and moan. Oh. Signed, cute Halloween, please. Oh. Ah. Uh, that's hard. Uh, well, it's... Mm, okay. I just... Off the, off the top of my head, I don't know that I have good advice i think it's just literally you have to tell him like first ask if he shoots you down you freaking tell him like hey motherfucker it's my workplace i need you to dress up <laughs> you will do it <laughs> i think you i think you get i think you you go i think you go i think you you lay out visually five different costumes Mm -hmm. two or three of which you know he will never do 
right? Like a Cinderella and Prince Charming with like the mm -hmm. full regalia, you know what I mean? Where you like rent a pumpkin carriage, right? Like, so, so put like five options on the table and say he has to pick one. You know, you can bring up the past, be like, I did this for you. I did this for you. I licked your balls when you were sweaty, whatever it mm -hmm. is that you did. You got to pull out all the shit that you did, right? And then give them five options. And two of them should be horrendous. Like, no guy would ever be caught dead with this, right? Like I said, Prince Charming, maybe like Shrek and Fiona or something. Like, although. Those are all, those are both cute, by the way. Those are, <laughs> but, like, yeah. I would, like, I, I might be down for some. But yeah, you know him better, whatever he wouldn't do. Right, right. So just make three of them and then make two of them passable and then just have them pick like that. And then just stress, listen, I need you to do this for me. It's my job. I want to have fun. I just need you to be a good corny boyfriend, not be Mr. Tuck. And you're gonna, we're gonna do a three hour appearance and we're gonna dip the fuck out. Put it to him that way, lay out the choices, and just let him pick the, the best one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's better advice, actually. Giving him, giving him options, but not the option of opting out. Oh no, is my Wi-Fi working? It may it may not. It may be glitching. Oh no. Hello? Is my mic working? Hmm. I think I'm back. Sophia's back. Hey, did I just freeze or? No, there was. I think there was an issue with Streamyard that it. Uh, you were frozen. Uh, thanks, thanks, dude. Um, yeah, we were frozen for a minute, and I think it kicked us out because it kicked me out of Streamyard. I had to rejoin. So. Oh. Okay. Cool. Anyway, all right. That was. I, I, almost, I almost got a chance to use. Uh, this. What? I love that. Okay, cool. But we, but we came back. But we came back. We came right. back. So the advice, put out the costumes, make him choose one. I don't know. He doesn't have the choice of not choosing one. And just mm -hmm. if you have to seduce or, or get it, you know, just, just tell him to behave. No, fucking no, yeah, no seducing. If anything, withhold. I feel like you don't want to positively reinforce it. At least, or, 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 no, no, no. Do after he wears it. Yeah. Just, yeah promise, him, before. promise him costume sex. There you go. Yeah. And if he doesn't do that, then he's just a douchebag. I don't know that you should be with him. Then you, then you might have a different question to ask us next week. Mm -hmm. Let like, us know how it goes. Please update us. All right. 
Uh, I like this interaction. Do you like Star Trek Lower Decks? It is on my list. It is. I'm not the hugest Star Trek fan. Oh, that's Mr. CC. <laughs> uh, I like this. Um, have you watched Star Trek? It's like uh, animated cartoons about like the the people that are like running the bows of the ships for Star Trek. No, I haven't. I've, I know nothing about Star Trek. Nothing. It is one of the fandoms that I know the least about, other than you know it's bad to be a red coat. And that, and I've watched all the movies, and 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 I used to watch the show back in the day as well. But if I had to rank it on my list of fandoms and and stuff that I watch religiously, it would be toward the bottom. Although it would be kind of a cool desert island show because there's so many, such a vast library of stuff, interesting sci-fi, and it also had all the cool sort of social issues of back in the day in there, which I thought was cool. So, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. I love animated stuff, too. So I do think it's something that I will watch. Um, but I'm not as learned on it. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So right. thanks for submitting. All right. And then the last one comes to us from Worried Cousin. So many cousins tonight. A lot of cousins. We got cousin cousins. fuckers. and <laughs> Maybe this one's for the other one. Right. I have a cousin that I might have to kill because he had sex with my wife while I was in jail. Ouch. No, Shut up. Okay. You had me there for a second. Fuck, I'm gullible. Damn. They're all fans of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a cousin in her early 20s that loves to party. I get it. She's young and is having fun. I'm just worried about her because when she does party, she drinks alcohol a lot. Like a lot. She was recently in hospital with a kidney infection. I don't know how to approach her and tell her that maybe she should calm down a bit with the drinking. She was also almost uh, essay uh, after a night uh, assaulted after a night of drinking and partying. She was really upset after that, but I didn't want to say maybe don't drink so much mm. anymore. Yeah. Mm, a little victim blaming there and go with a random man to his house because you're putting yourself in these situations. Although if she is putting herself into the situations, so is it just advice? It just felt too much like victim blaming. Ah, there you go. I just want her to make better choices and not put herself in situations that could get her hurt. How do I have a talk with her and not sound so harsh and mean? What can I say? Uh, yeah, definitely lead with the kidney failure. Kidney failure. The kidney. Uh, the you know the fact that she fucking had to go to the doctor for it because uh, the other one sounds very victim blaming. I know what you, I know what you're getting at is like you can avoid these things, so maybe avoid them by either not going or drinking less. Um, but it'd be better if you lead with, I'm concerned for your health. Um, and I think this is one of those situations that unfortunately, if she's in her early twenties and she's just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm partying. I'm having fun. It might just go in through one ear and out the other. So I think just present it as in like, Hey, I love you. And I'm very worried about your health. And I just think that like, Drinking is totally fine, but just maybe like, you know, todo con medida, just, you know, drink less, stuff like that. And depending on how she responds, you will know if it's something that she wants to work on or not. And if it's not something that she wants to work on, at least you said your piece. And unfortunately, you can't force others to, you know, uh, live life the way that you want them to. So it, yeah, so unfortunately, it's one of those things where you can say your piece, but you, uh, after that, after she receives it, you have to back away and just kind of let her live her life, sadly, and learn, you know, the way she's going to learn. Yeah, I mean, if she was close to getting sexually assaulted. That's hard. Yeah. 
You like, could mention that you're worried about it, but then no, because regardless, it comes off as like victim blaming, right? Yeah, but I think the fact that like, well, like, like, did she pull her out of like, was a guy about to take her a drunk ass home and she pulled her out of a cab or something? Like, did she like walk in when the guy was trying to sit next to her on the couch or something and get creepy with her? You know, like, mm -hmm. we don't know the specifics of the of, of what was going to happen to her. But I would lead with, uh, like you said, the kidney stuff. Listen, um, you know, like, you know, maybe her thought process is we're here for a good time, not a long time. Like one of those. Mm -hmm. And maybe she just doesn't give a fuck. So she could have deeper issues that are at play that just makes her, you know, there's people that that live their life in a crazy way because they either feel like they're, they're not going to be around forever because of their family history or shit like that. So you never know what somebody's going through internally that's making them pull those levers and go in that direction. It, like the way you're treating it might be that she's just a dumb young person and she's drinking too much, right? And she get it. She but if she's drinking that much and she's she's living in that reckless way, then there's got to be a right. You, do you feel like there would be a, a, a bigger underlying problem there somewhere? Right. That maybe mm. her cousin doesn't really have all the tools to get to. Mm. Possibly. Yeah. So so those are the two things. Right. You can come at her from a cousin and advice and say, listen, you're, you're going to ask her that question. Do you what do you see your life at 40 as? Do you see, do you, you want to be like sick? Do you want to be like on a dialysis machine? Do you want to be like, you know, uh, in a position where you can't go out at all, where, where, you know, you've been assaulted multiple times, you got some kid, you know, like what do you live in a, do you live in California? Do you live in a no abortion state? What happens if she gets sexually assaulted and she can't have an abortion in the state that she lives in? Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into play here from a, from a technical as well as a like logistical standpoint for shit like this. So what kind of person is she? Does, is she analytical? Will she respond to facts? Is she emotional? Will she react, you know, to how you feel? Figure out what kind of person he is, and that'll tell you what the approach is. Just be honest with her. Present your points. Don't overdo it. Don't beleaguer it. Tell her how you feel because, you know, like Sophia said, at the end of the day, she's going to live her life. Um, and then just sort of try to take into account any big bigger factors traumatic events and stuff that happened in her life that might be forcing her or making her sort of act that way mm -hmm. yeah man this is a hard one you never want to see your little cousins go through like anything like that and then have to be the person to tell them to stop you know yeah and you never want to hang rape or assault over somebody's head to try to scare them into sobriety no. right but unfortunately, it's like a very a very high possibility and so yeah you gotta just be careful out there y'all. I think that it, I think that I wouldn't be the person to tell my friend that because as a man, then she would be like, "Well, don't you, why don't you just tell all men not to rape people?" Right? Is that right? Yeah, that's but why I, I was think, like, "Don't lead with that." But if it gets to that, sure. But yeah. I think woman to woman, right? Like if you just be like, it's, "Let's just take all the fucking, let's just take all the shit mm -hmm. off the table and let's just be real with each other." Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. could be like, "Do you want to fucking wake up and you're fucking passed out and you got like three dudes on top of you?" Like. Mm -hmm. right like yeah. a girl to girl you could say that right yeah i think i think you can it's just about the delivery like you said i love how you focused on like what she receives better because like you can build an argument based on like ethos logos and pathos and so just really cling on to like what she how she receives information um i'm more analytical so if you just like tell me statistics like yo you drink ergo you might get raped and then babies like what lou just said i'd be like ah oh, fuck maybe i should chill but that other people might be like, you're victim blaming and I feel attacked. So 
maybe you go through the emotional route. One time I had a friend who didn't drink water. Um, he just drank soda, Gatorade, no water. And I had my, my dad had a friend older, his age, who had gone years with only drinking Coca-Cola. He died because of this. So what I did to my, I, is I, I, I did tell my friend, I'm like, hey, I'm very worried because you don't fucking drink water. And my dad's friend just passed away because of the same thing. And I'm afraid that you're going down that, that you know, rabbit hole. You're going down that path and I don't want you to die. And I'm not going to lie. I got a little teary eyed. It was very emotional. I don't want to lose him. And I let him know this. And since then, he has been drinking water. You know, he doesn't like it, but he does it. He's like, I don't want to die. You're right. <laughs> So that obviously um, resonated with my homie. Um, so just figure yeah. out what's going to resonate with her and hope that and hope that she receives it. Right. Because also, you know, he, he could have very well not received it. So, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Have a, yeah, a little come to Jesus conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. But you, you're definitely right. I think I, I learned all that from from my from my life in coaching and training and stuff like that, where I had to figure out what what how to motivate people. And that's the way you have to do your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I think, uh, I think like 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 you when when we were talking to, when we first started talking about dogs and stuff like that, and I was and I would I was, I was like you know Sophia's was like analytic driven. I gave you like stats mm-hmm. and stuff. You're like, how do I? How, you're like, tell me like how can I change somebody's mind about? That? I was like, look, just these are numbers. Yeah, these are the number of dogs every day that die. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh fuck. <laughs> and right now, how you just said, one dog has nine dogs, and then those nine yeah. dogs that three don't get fixed, they have yeah. more. Twenty-seven. It was like, yeah, twenty-seven dogs. You a know, lot of like, fucking dogs. That's a lot of dogs, and they all them. die. <laughs> <laughs> and out of all those dogs, and then we we get left with this little fucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, dude, dude, I just saw Baxter go up? surround your bed trying to get up and just be like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> There's still shit up there. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, they're so mad on. at you. <laughs> They got like three comfy couches to sit in. They have dog beds. They're fine. Yeah, they just, want your bed. They're just, they're just freaking, they're just spoiled as fuck about being able to have yeah. bedside. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, chronic pancreatitis is useful for alcoholics like me. Yeah. Oh, uh, my gosh. No. Yeah, I don't worry about it. Uh, so, hey, bad. Mr. CCDV, thank you very much for hanging out with us today. Man. Yeah, thank I, you. I, I really uh, appreciate the support. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you for participating. Thank you to Rosa at Rosa Para, Rosa Reviews, Latinx Lens for being yeah. a part. She is our favorite. Uh, thank you for everybody um, that's that's uh, that's listened, subscribed, liked, uh, left a comment, uh, submitted a question, all of the above. We will be live with you guys. Uh, well, Sophia, you have a thing tomorrow, and I have uh, dental surgery Friday, so we will hopefully we hold... both yeah we both have health stuff. <laughs> we we'll both have health stuff this week, so hopefully we're both uh, recovered by next Thursday. Uh, to take it from there, uh, make sure you guys are following uh, the audio version of the podcast by finding me Hent the Show literally everywhere: iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Samsung, everywhere. Um, so thank you everybody for being a part of it. Um, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Hasta luego, mi gente. Hasta luego. Peace out.